Hello and welcome to today's Milani Minute. Uh, we've been on hiatus for a little while, but we're back and uh, excited to be able to bring back the podcast. And uh, today we're actually going to be talking about our church's mission statement. Uh, we started the year by preaching through it. Pastor Dennis and I did a, a, a co-series, and so today we kind of want to bring it all together and look at what the mission statement as a whole means. A, a church's mission is important, and it kind of is the driving force behind really everything that that church, is do- that church does. Yeah, I agree. It's good to be back and recording and uh, getting these messages out, but... Uh, going through our church mission statement, I think is important. We're a military-heavy church, and uh, so I say that because I think the vast majority of people are going to understand if you don't have a clearly defined mission, it's going to be difficult to have um, measurable success. Mm-hmm. And for us as a church, we do have a defined mission. Uh, the question is, are we all on the same page? Do we all know the direction we're going? And so by starting off the year this way, we were able to kind of bring everybody who attends regularly or watches online, kind of bring them into the same the same sheet of music, so to speak. And, um, you know, we know where we're headed. We know what we're doing. And, and there's no question about, you know, why why do we do, you know, this particular ministry? Uh, we, we want to be able to point back to our mission statement and say, this is, this is why. Mm-hmm. And we we showed through the series that it's not just an arbitrary statement it is rooted heavily in scripture uh, as we brought out each point and worked through the scriptures on what it says and um, i think each message we were able to define what the actual point is we were able to define it in 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 layman's terms and then look at it in scripture and then point out areas where you're going to see this on display throughout the life of the church and, and I'm just excited to have started that way uh, in a new year, especially coming out of 2020 with all the transitions, all of the uh, restrictions, regulations, closings, you know, bringing ministries back and getting things back in order uh, to start off that way, I think was really beneficial. Yeah. And it, uh, aside, uh, along with giving us measurable, uh, a measurable uh, idea, it also gives us a good direction and and like you said, I think one of the biggest things is that our direction is scripture. Um, and for both of us in each of the different messages we did, we didn't just use the scripture assigned to that uh, thing in our statement, uh, but then we looked at it elsewhere. Uh, I know for each of us, we probably looked at at least five different verses in some way more than that. Yeah, there are several that um, several verses that were pulled out for each each individual point. And for our purposes today, we're just going to just talk through them. We're not going to re-preach each point. Um, we're just going to talk through each of each of those five points um, of our mission statement. I think whenever you say we're going to talk about five points, um, people get nervous. Um, but Different which, points. Yeah, we're talking about the five points of Milani Baptist Church's mission. Uh, because we all know, um, for those that have been here at least for the last five weeks, and, and those even further than that, that we have the vision to, uh, we've been talking about this since the, um, really last January, uh, we've been talking about our vision as a church is to glorify God with a passion for Him and a compassion for people. So how are we going to do that? Because you can hear that vision statement, and I, I think I said this uh, in the 
the final message of the series, I think I think you can hear the the statement, we want to glorify glorify God with a passion for him and a compassion for people. And I think anybody that's been saved and maturing for quite, you know, any any amount of time could look at that and be like, yeah, that's really every church's responsibility. So your vision is really basic. Well, it's, it's not that basic um, because glorifying God with a passion for him and a passion for people or compassion for people um, it highlights the um, the chief goal uh, mm-hmm. for each and every believer. You know what is the chief end of man that we glorify God, um, and so we we are to glorify Him. So yes, on one hand, it is a basic statement, and on the other hand, it is a statement that every New Testament believer should should uh, be striving to uh, to follow. Uh, but at the same time, how that gets done for us here in Mililani is going to be different than how a church in uh, Honolulu does that, or mm. a church out on Hawaii Kai, or even a church up in uh, Haleiwa. You know, we're, we're going to do things differently here. And then all of us are going to do things different than churches in, say, California or Georgia or New England. You know, we're, we, we come from different areas, but we're here. So mm. how are we here in Hawaii, Mililani, in you know, right on the med- right in the middle of the island of Oahu, how are we going to do things differently? That's where the mission statement comes in. Yeah, well, and I think one big thing, one distinction that churches today need to make, having you know studied uh, strategic planning this year, is that there's a difference between basic and fundamental. Mm-hmm. Our our statement of faith is the fundamental, and then we build from there with the rest of the the statement that we'll dig into in a second, but. I think churches try and make things too, and, and this is people in general, but we try and make things too complicated too fast. Well, let's have all of this flowery language and let's make sure it has all of these different... No, 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 no. The basic statement should be nice and simple with our core intention, which is to glorify God and to care for people, which right. we put that with a passion for God and a compassion for people. Right. Well, and that highlights the, you know, what is the greatest commitment? That you love the Lord your God with all your sh- whole, your all your strength, your, or your oh man, <laughs> <laughs> I totally botched that. Um, uh, but we're to love the Lord our God with all our strength, our heart, our soul, and our mind. Um, and we're to uh, love our neighbor as ourselves. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, so as we talk about this being basic, I can't even spit out the the key verse there. But <laughs> um, but the truth is, you know, as you said, you know, there is a big difference between something being basic and something being foundational. Because if somebody comes to me and like glorify God with a passion for Him and a compassion for people, that seems awfully basic. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to hold my tongue a little bit and be like, yeah. So why aren't we doing it? Uh, if it's if it's basic, then um, let's get on it. Let's let's get this thing. Um, done. But the interesting thing is when I say that, you know, I, I don't actually say that out loud because I realize the follow-up to that is you, this isn't something that's a one-time deal. You yeah. don't just do this like, all right, knock that out of the park. Uh, it's Monday, 10 a.m. and we're solid. Yeah. You know, like I got the rest of the week to do whatever I want. No, this is your whole life. Everything you do should be um, found somewhere within having a passion for him and a compassion for people. So Mm -hmm. if you're doing something that draws your passion away from God, you should rethink that. Uh, If you're doing something that limits your compassion for people, you should rethink that. And so, yes, it is, it is basic, but it's more importantly, it is foundational. There's a book. 
uh, called uh, Atomic Habits, and it's not written by, a, I don't think he's a believer. He may be, and the book's just not about that, and that's awesome if that's the fact, but I, I don't think it is. Uh, but one of the things that he says is the biggest thing to change habits is to change systems. And mm. I think that's kind of what this is, is that we're trying to put together this system, a systematic way to go about this and not in a negative way, just to have that. Well, what do I do here? Okay, well, let's look at this part. What does this say about this? And now we can grow from that. Mm -hmm. um, or at least that's how my brain works. Maybe that's from having studied engineering at one point. And that's, I think, through systems. No, I think the I think the pieces need to fit. Right? Yeah. Uh, if if we look at the different ministries as cogs in the wheel, and you know, if you have different size and different shapes, uh, different shapes for each individual cog, it's not going to be a very good gear. Mm -hmm. uh, they need to fit together well so that the gears move. So I don't think we need to look at each individual ministry as separate cogs, maybe just separate gears. Yeah. Um, and so the systems work. The different, um, you know, the success of our children's ministry will ultimately mean the success of our youth ministry. And right. so we, we don't want any one ministry to fail because that hurts all of the ministries. And so um, we want the different systems in place. We want them We want them going well. Um, but as I'm saying all of this, I'm, I'm realizing that I... I messed up my second pass at the love the Lord your God with all your heart, <laughs> your soul, your strength, and your mind. Um, and so, you know, but it, it is important that we we understand the foundational truth that is that we are to glorify God, and we do it through a passion for Him, a compassion for others. Now, how exactly do we do that? That's what gets us into these five points. Yeah, so, so we're going to go through this like it's stated on the actual statement. So when we preached through it, we did it in a different order to emphasize different points. Uh, but we're going to, today we're going to talk about this. So for anyone that, that doesn't hasn't seen this statement. It's up around our church. We could probably send you a PDF of it if you're not able to be here right now, if you're traveling and want to see it or whatever. We could put it in the show notes too. Yeah, we could probably do that. And um, so, but so the first one is worship. Um, this is obviously big for me. Now, one of the things is, you know, I have a, a master of music. So, oh, of course you do. You do worship. Okay. Nope. I mean, yes, but no. <laughs> uh, I do music in worship, but then my stuff has broadened out to worship generally because worship isn't uh, music. Music is worship, but worship in and of itself isn't music. And that's why I, I like all of these descriptors because for worship, it's through God honoring music, expectant prayer, and relevant messages from the Bible. And uh, it, it's anything that's done in the worship service. Um, so it, it has messages from the Bible. It's also scripture readings. It's also we do responsive readings, corporate prayer, all of these different things um, are worship. And it's really important because worship is not just what we are created for, but it's also what we now have because of Christ's death and and having faith in him. It's a return to being able to draw near to God. Uh, that's actually a big theme in Hebrews, and it doesn't you kind of miss it in Hebrews if you're not looking for it because it kind of just goes by and it looks like it's, yeah, this is what's different. Right. It's a return to the original creation structure of worship. Uh, even when you look in, I'm reading a, a book right now called Recalling the Hope of Glory. It's a, it's a hefty volume, um, but I encourage anyone interested to, to look into it. Uh, but he talks about in the garden, there was 
uh, it was a spiritual worship. There was a drawing nearness. Then with the fall, things became physical, and the worship had to be physical to have a glimmer of the spiritual. But with Christ's death, worship has become spiritual again. Uh, and it's kind of a, a really amazing thing that we have in that. And it's, uh, I think we take worship for granted. It's mm-hmm. often, I have to go to church. No, you get to go to worship. Uh, I have to go to church should be a business meeting reaction. Uh, you know, I got to go to the church and do this, but we, we need to not take worship for granted. It's an amazing gift that we have. Right. Well, and even even a business meeting can be an act of worship in the yeah. way that we're stewarding God's resources and making decisions on how we're going to glorify Him and what we're going to do to make that happen. You know, I think a lot of people look at church life and it's it's very segregated there's certain things that we kind of keep in its own category as well this is the worship time of the service um you know i i know people that have had the the mentality like man i really like really well i really love the worship time of the service and like so define when that is because i think we've divided in our minds there's the music portion and we think that that's the worship part. Mm-hmm. And then, well, what is the preaching? The preaching is also part of worship and yeah. hearing, hearing from from God, hearing His Word proclaimed. That is an act of worship. Um, but then also realizing that what happens in Sunday in, in in a Sunday morning service is not the only time that worship takes place during yeah. the week. Uh, that our Sunday night services worship, um, the different Bible studies are worship, but even those, combining all of the, the different ministries and Bible studies that the church offers throughout the week, those by themselves are not the only time that you can worship. Uh, we're, you know, Worshiping at home with your families is crucial. That's something that, fathers, we should be leading our families mm-hmm. in worship. Um, and you know, I think there's be, there's definitely we've talked about this. There's been times when when both of us would say that we've been stronger at that, and there's definitely been times for where there's room for growth. Um, and so it's 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 a struggle. Mm-hmm. It's real, and we we understand that. You know, as as your pastors of Milani Baptist Church, we we realize our propensity to show our humanity, um, and so we need to keep working. We need to keep growing. But worship is crucial, and and as you said, I, I really like the way that it's it's uh, mentioned. With our mission is to be a loving family of believers who together worship through God honoring music. So there's the music portion, expectant prayer, you have that, uh, and then relevant messages. And I, I pointed this out at the beginning of the series that when we say relevant messages, we're talking about relevant primarily to scripture mm-hmm. um not necessarily changing up the message to keep in step with culture yeah um culture does not dictate what is said from our pulpit um scripture dictates what's said from our pulpit and uh, and i want to be clear on that because having freedom of the pulpit is crucial for a pastor to be able to go where he feels god is taking him so if somebody says well there was this major event so you must speak about that well, I would be I would be careful with that. Um, there's definitely room, and there's time. And I'll admit, I have not been the best about, you know, speaking about current events and things from the pulpit. But I also believe that we are where we are in Scripture, and you know, as we start James coming up here soon, um, as we work through these things, for me, if it fits with the passage. 
then I want to address that and, and flesh that out. If it doesn't fit, I don't want to force it. Yeah. And um, so the, it takes some finagling. It takes some um, some care uh, to be able to address issues in step with where you're going. Um, but they will be relevant, but primarily to Scripture. Um, I, I don't want you to hear anything from our pulpit that has you scratching your head and we're like, well, I've never heard that before, um, and it may be because of growth, maybe a discipleship issue, or, um, but I, I can promise you it probably won't be because we have a new perspective on anything. Um, scripture's been around for a long time, and we want to get to the heart of what Scripture says because the message has not changed. Yeah, and and I I, I can say that I've been to churches <coughs> uh, that you know, well, we're going to preach on hope today. Cool, and they talked about hope for. 20 minutes and then they sat down and I'm like, okay, but what about, what does the Bible say about it? And I think uh, largely that's what the, the relevant is that. And along with that applicable, we want to make sure we're not talking about the word, you know, this little word and its impact on that yeah. when it doesn't mean anything to us today. It's, it's interesting. It might bear out into something through years of academic rigor but that's not necessarily what the worship time is for. Right. Well, and, and I don't want people to hear my opinion on things. Um, you know, we can we can have a private conversation. We can talk in a Bible study class. We can talk in a Sunday school class. Uh, from the pulpit, I want you to hear from, from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but, you know, I, I understand what you're saying. We In college, we had a very well-known, I won't say his name, but very well-known um, evangelical preacher uh, come to do a special service for the for the college, and I remember walking away from that thinking he accidentally grabbed his address book and not the Bible, because um, the entire time it was just name drop after name drop after name drop of all these people he's met, these people he's worked with, these people that he served together with. I I could not tell you a single Bible verse that was brought up in that entire quote unquote sermon. Um, and, you know, I, I just, when I think of that, it's just a reminder to me to just be faithful to the Word, and that's what you're going to get when you come to worship here at Milani Baptist. Mm-hmm. The second thing is share, which is evangelism. So we want to be a loving family of believers who together share His love daily, lead others to Christ, and grow His kingdom. Yeah, so this is the other one that I I uh, did, and th- I mean, this is the Great Commissioning uh, one of the big things that we see, though, in the Great Commission is that it is all of these different things. It's, you know, I talk about the three priorities, which this can this fits along with that. But, you know, the Great Commission is those things. But there's so much more about sharing and evangelism throughout Scripture in different ways. And, and a lot of the Old Testament, when it talks about evangelism, it's not necessarily conversion, but it's making God known. Uh, you know, that, that's what part of our call is. And then obviously in the new Testament, it's to share the gospel, the good news. Um, and I think one of the biggest things that we see throughout these different passages is that it is Christ's words and works through the spirit, not ours. Um, yeah, it says in the second Corinthians five twenty passage, that's on the, the statement, uh, that, uh, God is appealing through us. Um, elsewhere, when it talks about we are the light of the world, we're the light of the world because of Christ. It's him working through us. And elsewhere, it talks about the spirit moving through us uh, in this way. And that that doesn't mean that we don't have a responsibility unless we can't help ourselves or something like that, because that can easily be 
taken uh, incorrectly that way. But it's that our job is to go and share. Uh, I think one of the one of the translations that I like of the the Great Commission that I've been told by people smarter than myself is a valid translation is not just um, go therefore, but as you go, uh, do this. Right. Um, kind of a yeah. Some people are called to go specifically. You and I were called to Hawaii specifically. Missionaries are called to different countries. Church planners are called to different places. Um, but it's not just in that mission. It's also just as you go through your life, as you go to work, as you go to the coffee shop, as you go to the restaurant. This is a ongoing and continual uh, commissioning, not mm-hmm. just a, well, if you feel called to go to Montana to witness, that, then do this. No. Yeah, I, I agree. And I'm really glad that the statement says share and not convert. Yes. Um, because, you know, sharing is what you're responsible for. You're not responsible for people getting saved. You're responsible for sharing the truth. And um, God is the one that's responsible for, you know, regenerating a dead heart. And um, and it's the spirit that does that work. It's not you. Um, sharing the truth of the gospel um, is planting and watering, but God is the one that gives the increase. And I think when we have the, the, the title of share, it reminds people your responsibility is very simple. Just, just share, just share the truth with others. Share his love daily, lead others, um, to come to know Christ, um, you know, grow his kingdom, just share, share Mm -hmm. the truth, you know, let God handle the God stuff and you do the disciple stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, and I think if we can keep keep those things in this proper perspective, you know, we would be more successful in sharing because we would be sharing more. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we get so nervous about rejection, or we get so nervous about um, you know this going wrong or saying that wrong, and and you know God is big enough that He can work through our feeble attempts at sharing the gospel. Um, he's He's big enough. He's powerful enough. Uh, he can he can work through that. I mean, if he can work through the mouth of a donkey, he can work through us. Mm-hmm. And um, so then that brings us to connecting. Uh, the next one on the list is to connect, which is to uh, to fellowship with one another. Uh, yeah, and <clears throat> I like the the way that you said it at the beginning. And this is kind of encompassing a couple things. But if we're if we're uh, um, what is it a uh, uh, a place to come to, to connect, but don't hear any message. And we're a country club. If we're a place to come and just hear good teaching and then leave, then we're just nothing but a lecture hall. You know, part of Christian fellowship is fellowship. Uh, it, it's that coming together, being a family. Uh, you know, I, I talk about during February, I talk about what love actually means in scripture most of the time, you know, and it, it is that brotherly love, that fellowship love, the coming together and caring for one another uh, in different ways. And the the definition for this one is given, so everyone feels they belong by encouraging and supporting one another through lasting friendships. Uh, and, and sometimes we want to be a little careful with certain parts of that, but um, part of fellowship is also making sure that each other is growing and moving in the right direction but that you do that here, that you belong here, and together we do that in the right direction. Um, but I, I liked 
I like it a lot of different churches, you know, the, the fellowship time. And we obviously can't quite do that right now because of the, the uh, COVID. But nonetheless, we still do what we can with that. We have different Zoom things. The ladies have their uh, lady uh, ladies fellowship uh, via Zoom. They've been doing that f- uh, somewhat regularly recently um, and different things. And, and that's important fellowshipping in general. Uh, I, I also, with Baptists, you know, we talk about the Baptist distinctives, and one of them that we always say is a joke, but is not untrue, is the one of the Baptist distinctives is potlucks. I mean, th- that is fellowship. That is an important part of that. It's true, and I think I think that, you know, fellowshipping with each other is incredibly important, and we've definitely seen that on display through COVID, um, the isolation that people feel, the uh, the just the fact that certain people can't be around other people because of their risk factors or different things. And, and so they're alone. Uh, there was a report that came out that says, you know, basically every demographic of people uh, has experienced some sort of mental decline, uh, except for those who go to church regularly. Um, they've continued fellowshipping with other believers. They've continued growing and interacting with one another. And, and they've been able to stave off some of those negative factors of, of isolation, but but there are many Christians who are still struggling. Um, but I want to highlight, before we jump into the next one, when we say that we want to be a loving family of believers who together connect so everyone feels they belong, I want to be careful about who that everyone is, mm-hmm. um, because as a church, we the church exists to disciple believers. The individual believers are here to evangelize and share the Word of God. The church can lead that. The church can support that. The church can give resources and equip believers for that work. But the pulpit was not meant to be the man, the main evangelism force. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we say that everyone feels they belong, if you've never been to our church before and you walk in, as a believer, you should feel right at home. Uh, you should connect with other believers because... As believers, we share commonality in Christ. We have to we have this togetherness because we are brothers and sisters in the faith. If if you are a unbeliever, if an unbeliever comes in, I don't know that they should feel completely comfortable or that they should feel that they completely belong. The reason why is because as an unbeliever, they should notice a big difference between the rest of the people in themselves. There should be something noticeable that is different between an unbeliever who walks in and a believer. Uh, that does not mean that we're not welcoming. We should be very welcoming. We should be very inviting. We should be very willing to go and reach that person who comes in who feels uncomfortable because the gospel is offensive. And so when they walk in, having never heard the truth proclaimed, and they hear things like, you are a sinner, um, you know, and as a sinner, you are destined for hell if it weren't for Christ dying on your behalf, giving you the opportunity to be saved. If, if you hear those things as an unbeliever, that's very off-putting, and there's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when we say we want everyone to feel they belong, un- understand who the everyone is. We definitely want to reach out to unbelievers, but we don't, as R.C. Sproul said, we don't change what's on the menu um, because some goats walk in. And that comes off as very harsh. Uh, it's like, well, you don't care about unbelievers. No, I do. I, I care very much about unbelievers. Um, but as a under-shepherd 
um, for Christ watching over this flock of sheep. Um, my focus is on, right now, feeding the sheep. And so I'm going to give them sheep food, as Dr. Sproul would say. Um, and so if someone comes in who is used to a different menu, they're not going to feel completely at home here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that might be good. It yeah. might be good for them to realize something is different. And what is that? And that can lead them to start asking questions, which kind of leads us into the next part, which is to grow. Um, because once you realize there is something different and you understand your need for Jesus, from that point on, trusting him for salvation until the day you meet him face to face, it should be an ongoing growing process. And that is a discipleship process. The statement says we're to grow spiritually by studying the Bible and sharing life experiences. So between discipleship and fellowship, you have those two that are very intertwined. And uh, the, the, thing you were referring back to the statement was that you know if we have if we have fellowship without the teaching part of discipleship then we're just another country club so we've got to have both Mm -hmm. Uh, we we need the fellowship we crave the fellowship because we are sojourners we are exiles living in this world that is not our home and we need each other but we also need to be growing and that means we need to be accountable to one another that's where the church covenant comes in. But, um, but by growing spiritually, by studying the Bible and sharing life experiences, that's that iron sharpening iron process. And in case we didn't realize this before, the iron sharpening iron process is not an enjoyable process for the iron. It hurts. It's those, those metal burrs that are getting ripped off. And yeah. um, those, those sharp edges that um, are not the kind of sharp edge you want on a sword. Um, you you kind of want to flesh those things out and smooth that out so that it becomes a, a better tool. Well, that's what we're doing as, uh, as believers in discipleship. We're, we're softening the things that need to be softening. We're sharpening the things that need to be sharpened, and we're preparing each other for better service. Yeah, and I think that's one of the that's an important thing, the ironing, sharpening iron thing. And um I think anyone listening to this will see it's kinda hard for us to talk through this without keeping referring to other aspects of the statement. Um <clears throat> but as along with, you know, connect and, and discipleship referring to that, you know, a- act of witness and then growing people and, and those types of things, it also would include, in my opinion, church discipline. Mm-hmm. The purpose of church discipline isn't yelling at somebody because they made a mistake. It's to teach them it was a mistake, but then bring them back into the fellowship. Uh, you know, at my last, not my last church, but one of my former churches in Illinois, the pastor talked about at one point, he's only had to do it once, but that somebody was removed from fellowship and that I think he said 10 years later, they called him and he was like, no, you're right. Like, I'm back. I'm not coming back to that church because there's too much damage done there. But I'm back in church. I repented. I was wrong. Um, and Pastor Lee was very excited to be able to hear that. Um, and that that is the purpose of church discipline. Uh, if we read the the different parts of scripture that refer to it, which is, it, it aside from in Matthew, it, it's very seldom, it's more just like referred to than discussed uh, anywhere else. But that that is clearly its purpose, not to you know, excommunicate somebody, you're no longer saved because that's not a thing, but a, you're doing something wrong. We need to correct this. And that's part of what the love of fellowship and the ironing, sharpening iron in a different way. 
of uh, discipleship should be. Yeah, well, and and Paul refers to you know discipline processes and uh, and his correspondence to both Timothy and uh, the Corinthians. And uh, there's an important aspect, but as you said, restoration is the ultimate goal. Um, and why? Why do we want to restore someone to fellowship if they've made a mistake? Uh, well, one, it's biblical. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, it benefits the kingdom um, by seeing them restored to fellowship and seeing them active. But thirdly, it also gives them an opportunity to now come back, you know, kind of get some things right, make amends where they've made mistakes, and uh, repent, uh, recon- reconcile with those they've offended, and, and be restored back into fellowship. Why? So that together we can continue serving. Mm-hmm. And that is the next point, is to serve, uh, to do the ministry. Uh, we're supposed to be serving people of the church, the community, and the world by using God-given gifts, talents, and resources, and really serve, the the concept of serving really undergirds every other aspect of this entire mission statement. Uh, you can serve Him through worship, through sharing, through connecting, through growing. Um, serving Him is crucial, and the, the point that we want to make for our church is that each individual member is responsible to serve. None of us can use the excuse, I've put in my time, I've done my time, that's a young man's game, that's someone else's job. We can't say that. Um, There's no such thing as retiring from service, except for if you include death. Um, You know, that's, you know, but we refer to that as a promotion, right? Uh, I've served my whole life and I got my promotion, I'm going to heaven. (laughs) That's Uh, the retirement right there. Yeah, that's the retirement. And, you know, to use the cliche, you know, people say, well, serving God has benefits and the benefits are out of this world. Yes, that's true. We don't have to be cheesy to get the point across, but, uh, (laughs) but the truth is, it is good to serve him. It is good because the benefits benefits and the, the rewards to serving Jesus are phenomenal. And the best part about these, these rewards are that when we serve him faithfully and we're blessed and we're rewarded for, saving, for serving him, excuse me, uh, when we're rewarded for serving Jesus, there's coming a day when we get to turn and cast those crowns at his feet as a wedding gift, as a present for him, as the church is the bride of Christ. And there's coming a day when the two will be unified and um, and we'll have that opportunity to cast those crowns. I, I don't want any of our members to get to that point and say, you know, for the stretch of our ministry here at Mililani, I don't want anybody to ever be able to have the opportunity to get there and say, man, I wasted all that time because nobody ever told me about the, the importance of serving. Nobody ever told me about what it means to serve. And so we want to keep that, uh, that idea of serving, growing, connecting, sharing, and worshiping. We want to keep those ideas in front of us. And as we move forward, we're going to look at different events, different activities, different ministries, different um, teachings, different things all all mm-hmm. across the board. And we're going to look, do those things fit into our mission? Mm-hmm. And if not, can they be retooled? Yeah. Can it be something that we can tweak? Can we reshape this can we redirect that uh and if we can great and if we can't we really need to take a a good look at why we're doing it if it doesn't fit with our mission because we only have so much time on this earth no and and it's important to get to work i think one of the important things in the serve one is people of the church and community that they're, they're separated that that when we do ministry the ultimate goal is obviously to help people and to bring them into the church. 
But at the same time, when we're evaluating a ministry, uh, you know, whether it's feeding the homeless or disaster relief or, or missions or whatever else, we want to make sure that, that that's being accomplished, that we're helping the church by maybe encouraging believers and, and uh, stirring them up for good works, as uh, Hebrews says, and that we're serving the community, whether it's ours or another. Now, again, the goal should be to uh, witness to them, but when we're deciding whether or not we should do a ministry, it shouldn't just be like, okay, nobody's come to faith through this, so we're just going to cut that out altogether. Well, are we helping somebody, though, and in a way that does glorify God, even if they, they don't see it? Uh, you know, And there's obviously a fine line there uh, between whether or not we keep doing something when nobody's seeing the gospel, but I think that's a better distinction is, are they seeing the gospel or not? Uh, less than are they coming to faith or not. Um, but I think, you know, keeping that in mind with the serve. And, and I, I, I mentioned the, the three priorities and, and the way that I view uh, the, the scriptures that, you know, the, every command of scripture is broken down into one of the three priorities of, of worship, evangelism, and discipleship. And, you know, two of those are explicit here. Connect and grow, I would argue, are both in that discipleship and ministry is just kind of the three priorities Mm -hmm. it's that whole together and i think the important thing to see with that at least in my view is that these aren't five things that we do at different times they're five things that are all intimately connected you know there's there's a difference between corporate worship and individual worship but when i'm sharing the gospel that is worship when when we do something well, that is worship. When we, you know, speak well to somebody speaking harshly to us, that is worship. It's also uh, evangelism. If somebody's yelling at us and we're talking to them calmly and helping a situation, potentially that's a chance to witness to the gospel. Um, But all of these go together and work together for our ultimate purpose, which is the chief end of man is to glorify God. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there that all of these are intertwined. Um, and I think they're undergirded by the, the call to serve, while at the same time also having worship as a foundation because all of these are aspects of worship. Mm-hmm. Um, devoting ourselves to the teaching and, and learning of the things of God, that's, that's an act of worship while also being discipleship, connecting with one another, uh, one another because every person is an image bearer of God and we need to band together and serve him well. So fellowship is part of worship. Um, sharing with others, it's worship by ascribing worth to God in the way that we share him with others and saying, I have this valuable thing in my life. I want you to know that. And as you said, you know, letting that light shine, knowing that that light is Jesus. You know, mm-hmm. we, we think of lights and it's like, you know, hold forth your candle is a song that uh, used to be sung a lot that, you know, carry your candle and, and let your light shine. You know, just remember, you're not the wick. Um, <laughs> that that light is burning. That that light is there and it is completely fueled by the sun. It is f- the S. O-N, son. Uh, it is completely fueled by him. He is the sustainer. That's why we say God is the author and finisher of your faith. He's the one who sustains that light. And that light is never on display better than when you're serving him well. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're doing his work. And here at Milani, doing his work means that we will be a loving family of believers who together worship, share, connect, grow, 
and serve. And that by doing that, that we can make Christ known. So as we end uh, this first podcast of the year, uh, you know, the end of our statement is imagine an entire congregation understanding the simple process of spiritual growth found in Matthew 28, 19, and 20, which I'm going to read in a second. A body of believers who's, who focus on quality and effectiveness and bringing glory to God. Our prayer is that you worship the Lord, connect with others, grow spiritually, share Jesus, and serve others through Christ more every day. Uh, and that is, uh, you know, the, the culmination of what these five things are. Uh, but as we end this, uh, I'm going to just read that passage. I'm going to go back one verse and read from verse 18, um, <clears throat> because this kind of goes back to that. We do this through Christ, uh, through his power and his authority, and then we'll end today in prayer. But it says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Yeah, and and I think that that needs to be our mantra moving forward that uh, we're always working on discipling, um, making disciples. And the idea is making disciples who make disciples. Yeah. It's not, a like I said, with, with any of these, it's not a one-and-done thing. It's not like, well, I glorified him on Monday morning, so I guess I'm good for the week. No, it's, uh, it's an ongoing process uh, that we need to uh, keep, keep ahead of us. And, and it's good to refer back... Um, it's good to refer back to this process uh, from time to time. And, and um, I said process, but I meant mission. Uh, we need to refer back to the mission um, because it, it can be easy to get off task from time to time. And I was talking um, with our chairman of Deacons, Logan, and uh, he explained the concept of mission drift. Uh, it's a concept in the military that you know, just little course corrections, you know, making sure that you haven't drifted too far from the original mission. And, and uh, he could explain that infinitely better than I can. But, um, but I, I like that, um, the description there, we, we don't want to have mission drift here at Mililani. We want to stay on task. We want to stay focused. We want to stay uh, connected to the idea of glorifying God with a passion for him and a compassion for others. And how do we do that here? We do it through these five areas that are all inter interconnected, intertwined, and um, each one builds off the other. Amen. All right, well, let's pray, and um, and that's how we'll wrap up this, this podcast, the first one back. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today, uh, just the opportunity that you've given us to be able to have this discussion, and, and just more than that, just the opportunity you've given us to be able to serve together. Uh, Father, I, I just thank you for... Um, for all that you're doing in our hearts and our lives. Father, I ask that you would just keep us focused, help us to remain faithful. Um, Lord, help us to just continue to do your work. Help us to let go of the things um, that distract us. Help us to cast off the weights that so easily beset us, as your word calls us to. Uh, and just help us to freely and wholly come to you, um, ready to do your work, ready to do your will, 
Uh, Father, I pray for those that are listening. I pray for those, even those that aren't listening. Father, Father, I pray for our church and our members that you would just bless us and just use us for your glory and your honor. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today for this first episode back of the uh, Pastor's Corner podcast, the Narratives of Grace Pastor's Corner. We're glad that we're able to bring it back and discuss the mission of Milani Baptist Church. If you have any questions or comments about this or if there's any topic or uh, anything you'd like us to go deeper into, please feel free to email us at pastor at mbaptist.org. We'd love to hear from you and answer any questions and uh, answer any questions in the form of a future podcast. That would be great too. Uh, If you have any prayer requests, whether or not you're a member of our church or not, we'd love to be praying for you. Uh, And you can just email us at prayer at mbaptist.org. For more information on Mililani Baptist Church, please visit our website at mbaptist.org or follow us on social media and YouTube. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you'll join us next week.